0: Uh Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer and uh, we often think about you know gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian con- I never thought he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hard-working Macedonian The greatest peasants, writer the of the, of the 20th century was a uh, Russian. The
1: election from we love
0: to quote Alexander Solzhenitsyn for his wisdom. Wise words such as this, quote, It can happen. It is possible. As a Russian proverb says, when it happens to you, you'll know it's true. But do we really have to wait for the moment when the knife is at our throat?" Again, do we really have to wait for the moment when the knife is at our throat? This applies to Macedonia. This applies to much of the civilized world today. The proverbial knife is at our throat. In Macedonia, it is the continuing coronavirus epidemic, the corrupt government of Zoran Zaev and Ali Akhmeti, the continuing threats from Bulgaria, the continuing humiliation from Greece, the growing economic catastrophe, and the continued idiocy of the Western embassies and institutions and their own threats toward Macedonia. In the rest of the civilized West, it is the continuing coronavirus epidemic, the demands by the mob to tear down Western civilization, quite literally we might add, the attacks by the mob on everything that is sacred, and the refusal of leaders to stand up to the mob, and much, much more. It is happening all around us. The failed French Revolution of 1789 is producing modern Robespierres all around us. And we know how that ended. We'll discuss all of this and more in this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. I'm Jason Miko coming to you from the foot of the still burning Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona.
1: And this is Svetin Sulemanov calling in from the world COVID capital, Skopje, Macedonia. What
0: uh what are the numbers today?
1: Um uh five dead and a little over a hundred mm. uh, newly infected mm. uh the hospitals are overflowing we had like uh, up, up to i guess a hundred uh patients in the you know the most difficult wards. you know the difficult cases and the two hospitals which were set aside for this uh in april when we thought all thought it's like the peak in the mid and late april now it's 230 so from 100 wow. to 230 uh yesterday was the worst day for deaths there were 11 deaths that's the worst so far worst daily toll so far uh and, and five. just
0: point of reference yesterday today we're recording this on sunday june 21 uh father's day happy father's day to you oh, thanks uh yesterday was june 20th the official start of summer you had the highest death You said 11, I think?
1: Yeah, 11 was the worst, and uh, we've gone to almost 200 uh, newly infected cases a day. Today is a Sunday when we're recording, so I guess less uh, testing over the weekend, so a 100 were uh, detected, the new cases, but uh, in other days, over the past two weeks, we had up to 200.
0: And you have elections in less than a month, July 15, I think... uh, we, we took, a, last week I was out of town visiting some mm. friends in Minnesota, uh, so we didn't do a podcast, so we did Bring two in weeks some ago. Burning some targets. What's that? <laughs> oh, You're yeah. Looting some did, targets. We my, did, my, I was with uh, three, uh, three old high school buddies, um, old in every sense of the word, mm. uh, and uh, we, we did, uh, yeah, I flew into Minneapolis, St. Paul, one of my buddies mm. took me, who lives there, outside mm. of Minneapolis, I should say, one of the suburbs, took me around to show me some of the areas that had been... Uh, uh, Targeted and burned and and whatnot. Yeah. Um,
1: It's like a tourist attraction, though.
0: Yeah, but then we went up north to go fishing. Um, Uh So anyway, uh, all to say that uh, we we skipped last week uh, with the podcast. And and two weeks ago when we did uh, episode 75, we didn't have a date on the elections. Uh Now we do, July 15. um, And in the middle of a coronavirus epidemic and and, uh, all the other trouble in the world. Uh, So... elections. (laughs) elections. <laughs> so we got, and I, I think two weeks ago when we did this, we Ali Akhmeti hadn't opened his big fat mouth and started demanding that uh, the next prime minister be an ethnic Albanian. Oh, yeah. um, but now he's running around saying that, that uh, the next prime minister has to be an ethnic Albanian. Where he comes up with it, he's smoking dope or something, which wouldn't surprise me, because Dewey, which came out of the National Liberation Army, so-called, was a you know the NLA was a known um, trafficker in women, girls, drugs, guns, etc. So it wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if he's smoking dope or something stronger. Mm. Uh, but he's demanding that the next prime minister be an ethnic Albanian. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, now? See, we're not officially in the campaign mode yet, are we yet?
1: Uh, well. Officially, no, but it should be like, uh, what's it like? I think 20 days before the election. So, like, tomorrow, the day after, it should be uh, official campaign mode. And. uh, Campaigning uh, in the age of coronas. Yeah, it looks very weird. I mean, just a few people gather here and there to listen to uh, the party leaders. Serbia is voting today they are having the first corona election in the region and it's about 10% under the turnout they would normally have i mean they don't have stellar turnout it's like 55 60 now it's uh, it's going to be like 45 uh, the turnout and something similar i suppose is going to happen with us except that okay in Serbia it's not it's a mute point who wins in Macedonia it's not so right. we'll see there's even like a bizarre Not prediction or you know uh, that uh, the government has it's seen as clueless it's seen as hopeless in the handling of the coronavirus uh, because Mm -hmm. every other country in the region has declared victory they're opening the borders there you can go from Bulgaria to Greece no problem and uh, Montenegro declared an end to the crisis and Croatia etc and we're by far the worst so it's very damaging for the government to uh, you know, to have these numbers at this time. But then they this is now baked in the cake of their standing of electorally. Now for them, it's political. it's probably even better that the numbers stay bad. And they, I guess you can influence this by overtesting or under-testing. Uh, because, uh, you know, uh, they're not going to be made to look more competent in the next uh, uh, 20 days. But they will... Uh, they can discourage more and more people from voting. And they, I guess they assume that uh, uh, all the independents, all the soft voters uh, who maybe believed Zayev, believed Katizajanov in 2016, are now so terribly disgusted by them that they would be vote, v- voting Vimoro or for some of the protest parties. Uh, so Zayev would now basically, you know, if the numbers remain bad uh, until the election or are made to look bad, then, uh, uh, you know, Zaev can hope that he can drag out his hardcore supporters when are going to drag out just their hardcore supporters. And Zaev hopes that he can do something with, you know, uh, ballot stuffing in the Albanian districts, bribing the Roma voters, which is going on massively, bribing the public administration. So he hopes that he can win or at least lose by a smaller margin in a low turnout election. So this is his plan right now.
0: Interesting, um, and on top of that, we've got the continuing uh, scandals. Last week, both Katya Neva and uh, Boki Thirteen were sentenced: Katya to seven years in prison, Boki to nine oh. years in prison. And there was a pretty dramatic uh, scene when Boki Thirteen was speaking before the court, and basically said, uh, "If you want to know where to find the money." Uh, mm-hmm. It's with Zoran Zaev and his brother Vice, At which point, the two policemen around him stood up to uh, yeah. quickly escort him out uh, of the room. Uh, now he's now he's finally saying that he wants to talk. He wants to talk to uh, one of the prosecutors, I believe. And there's another trial that he's involved in coming
1: up. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, it's uh, going to start before the elections. It's, it's racket wow. too. It involves some HDSM officials as well, not only uh, Boki. It involves uh, Frosinarevski.
0: Oh my goodness! Okay, right. So you've 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 got that. Um, you've got the uh, Aliyachmeti and his shenanigans. You've got coronas. Coronavirus. You've got this morning. There was apparently a bombing of the yeah. uh, the the Vomero vice president's uh, home, or no, one of their businesses.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a bakery. Okay. And. Dead. Um, yeah, what, Bad. It's looking bad. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, where to begin? I mean, it's so Yeah, yeah I know. There. So as as uh, as I,
0: as we stated in the uh, started in the monologue, you know, the knife is. Do uh, we have to wait for the moment when the knife is at our throat, as Alexander Sozniets mm. said? Um, and you and you just wonder. I wonder at least uh, if um, if the Macedon the Macedonians are the ones who are suffering the most. It's your your you know the good people of Macedonia, who are suffering as a result of all this. And are they going to stand up and say they're not going to take this anymore? Are they going to throw uh, SDS and Dewey out of office? Um, You know, I I don't know. Like you said, I don't know where to begin. Um,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The the bomb attack, this is... uh... Are we going alphabetically? Ahmeti No. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> okay. <let's>, Ahmeti, <laughs> bombing yeah, uh, coronavirus. Bomb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dan Donchev would be D. Uh Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> or Boki is also B. I oh, guess. Boki, right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh,
0: so let's just let's just stay on elections here for a little bit. Um, so is there going to be an uh, OSCE Odir mission coming to Macedonia?
1: they announced seven people seven seven observers who will be working out of Skopje they said so it's not even like a fig leaf of a mission it's a complete sham. it's a complete disaster I mean Zayev got Shh. everything he wanted out of the election negotiations Vimora got nothing the date is uh, far closer to the date Zayev proposed a low turnout Corona election the OSCE mission is going to be there in name only. There are so many restrictions on entering Macedonia. So, for foreigners, so it's uh, going to be a joke. The mission is itself very praised. The SM they have a former Soros official and American diplomat who is the deputy head of mission, and it's been uh, you know thoroughly subverted through the years to you know to to the point uh, it's a ridiculous outfit. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a completely fraudulent election
0: and election this year the 15th is a Wednesday I believe normally elections in Macedonia elections in Europe are almost always held on a Sunday uh, which I found Mm. interesting Um, so I assume that uh, people get the day off to vote Um, I don't know how they're gonna yeah they did not
1: explain this. well as you mentioned
0: Serbia is voting today Mm -hmm. yeah
1: there was not a good explanation for why this is so, why we vote on a Wednesday. Uh, they were haggling literally over days, Zaev and uh, Mitzkovsky. And, you know, eventually Zaev wanted 21st June, Mitzkovsky wanted mid-August to September. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, 15th of July is much closer to what Zaev wanted. The U.S. Embassy inter- in- intervened uh, in support of Zayef with several, several interviews, uh, and uh, well, the EU commissioner intervened on behalf of Vemera, uh, but uh, obviously the date is much closer to what Zaf wanted. Uh, much more dangerous, much less, much lower turnout election. Uh, there was somebody on Twitter today, a college revolutionary, even his wife apparently works in a, the public administration. He says, "I'm thinking about breaking her leg to get her out of uh, election day duty because." Public administration is recruited to sit in the electoral uh, stations and, uh, you know, I go and vote and I'll be out in five minutes. Now, if the virus is floating in the air or is in some of the surfaces, uh, I could contract it. But the person who stands there and welcomes for like uh, 12 hours, uh, welcomes uh, uh, hundreds of voters, uh, they're in much greater threat and there's going to be 35,000 public administration, people like this lady whose husband now wants to get her out by faking injury or actually breaking her leg to to save her from interacting with 300 of her neighbors uh, on election day. So, yeah, we have that going on.
0: Well, this is going to be a royal hot mess, uh, is what it's sounding like. Mm. Um, as As you mentioned earlier, the Serbs are voting today. It'll be at least instructive, I think, to see how they handle the mechanical process of actually voting uh, in terms of mm. you know the the uh, the election volunteers and then you know lining up to vote and things like that that will be uh instructive to see how they do that how they accomplish it um but yeah if the if the rate if the the continuing number of infections and the continuing number of deaths if that if that path continues you know up until the election day people are going to be Afraid, as you mentioned, of coming out and voting, yeah. low turnout. Um, and then it, it just comes down to, uh, you know, who can turn out, you know, their, their folks, or in the government's case, who can, you know, how do they uh, stuff ballots and, and encourage uh, uh, 110 Albanians uh, in a village of 100 voters wow. to vote uh, and things of that nature. Uh, well, okay. I guess this is something that we will keep. We will talk about each week until the elections. <laughs> um, let's. Um, you mentioned that the uh, the deputy observer of OSCE is an American. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, what What's his name? Jeff Goldstein. He was brought here shortly before uh, the College revolution, and I knew him from DC. He worked for Soros. He was a U.S. diplomat. Okay. He was a you know plush you know comfortable position in the source uh, um the open society foundation in dc so there are you know, bunches of source funded think tanks in, in dc but this is the one which bears the name of uh open society and he's now you know deputy head of osc i think he was until recently at least i'm sure and um basically subverted the organization in full mm. uh, to the extent that now you know we have had a response today from the EU ambassador about the bomb blast in the shop of uh, Vlad, Vladomysailovsky, the Vimera mm-hmm. deputy leader. But, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely not counting on OSC, including this in the report, making an issue out of this, uh, making phone calls, uh, getting people, you know, to warning the government as they would, as, as they did Vimera in for the 2016 elections about any minor thing that would happen now, they would basically ignore huge things, huge problems with the electoral process uh, going on. I mean, Vemero would be... And OSC would respond to this. Vemero would be accused of uh, bribing TV stations in 2016. And they had uh, another Soros uh, uh, Foundation uh, expert brought in to oversee the media uh, before the elections. Today we we actually have a blackout. There is no television. There was no television until half an hour ago. Really? uh, Because the government is trying to ram through a a decree, not even a law, uh, to force the cable operators, Deutsche Telekom, Austrian Telekom, etc., to give money to the five big TV stations in the country for broadcasting their program. So this is literally trying to bribe the TV stations weeks before the election. Wow. Uh, with someone else's money, with, with the, not even with the budget, which is the usual way you bribe somebody. There, uh, the government wants to bribe the TV stations with a transfer from uh, the cable operators. Uh, and this would definitely translate into hugely favorable coverage for SDSM if they are given millions of euros just before the election. Mm-hmm. And the cable operators are protesting this. They have uh, stopped broadcasting of all programs, everything. Wow. For uh, an hour today, and they want to, so we we may have elections without television, <laughs> uh, the way things are going, and, uh, and I mean O S C would would be screaming bloody murder if this something like this happened during Vimera. but now they're like, yeah, who cares? We have ah. we're gonna we may have seven foreign observers and seven foreign observers. Well. Wow!
0: Hey, but hey, you're in NATO, so mm. um, that makes everything right.
1: That yeah. makes everything
0: better. That makes everything yeah, good. So. Did Goldstein, did he uh, happen to graduate from Yale or Georgetown, do you know? <laughs> um, <okay. laughs>
1: you know where I'm going no, with this. No, we had the Yale Mafia here. Yeah, we had the Yale Mafia with Wicker and, uh, and Bailey. Bailey here. Well, we and we that's, were friends from Yale.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw your tweet this morning, and I was actually thinking about it last night, and so, you know, uh, let's, let's transition slightly to uh, the global mob. Uh, okay. The mob as uh, Douglas Murray pronounces it. Um, so um, Yale University, where of course, and Georgetown, where probably upwards of 70, 80% of the State Department uh, employees uh, uh, graduated from, um, and Jess Bailey, the former U.S. Ambassador, Phil Reeker, the former U.S. Ambassador to Macedonia, both graduated from Yale. Yale, of course, is one of the elite schools here in America, Old, very old prestigious school. Um, But uh, obviously, like many things, Yale is named after a human being. It's named after uh, Elihu Yale, who was a slave trader. Uh, Georgetown, likewise, while it was established, I believe, by the Jesuits, uh, at one point in their history, they had had slaves and they had to sell them, some of the slaves, Mm -hmm. to raise money for the school. Uh, So Kate Burns, the current U.S. ambassador, uh, is a graduate of Georgetown, Mm -hmm. So all these U.S. ambassadors have graduated from schools that have a history tied to uh, slavery. Uh, And in the current atmosphere in the West, where the little boys and girls who are actually adults that are playing Robespierre and the French revolutionaries are running around tearing down statues of George Washington... (laughs) And Winston Church and, and spray painting statues of Winston Churchill over on on your side of the Atlantic and 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 taking over blocks of downtown Seattle and declaring it mm. to be uh, cop free and defund and this whole campaign to defund the police which when you ask the I'm using air quotes here the more level-headed leftists they say it doesn't mean defund the police but then when they say that, then all the radicals say, oh yes, no, it does mean defund the police. So you have this whole effort, push, um, movement by the mob, and that's all these people are, is the mob, uh, to tear down the entire edifice of Western civilization. Now, Western civilization is, you know, was there slavery in America? Was there slavery in the UK? Yes. For most of human history... Slavery has existed in one form or another, but the move to abolish slavery started in the UK, largely, and it's and, and the UK abolished slavery, and then over here in the United States of America, we fought a war, and we paid in blood with 600,000 dead to eliminate slavery. Is this, are we perfect? Of course not, but... I am really pissed off and sick and tired of the mob running around saying that America is a racist nation. No. Is there racism in America? Yes. Is America a racist nation? No. There is no systemic or institutional racism in America. Going back to what we started with, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he said the line dividing a good and evil does not run through institutions but through every single human heart. The issue is people, it's individuals. It is not the system, it is not the institution. Is there room for reform? Sure, let's have that conversation. Are there things that can be done in police departments, et cetera? Yes, absolutely. But to tear the whole thing down, which is exactly what the French revolutionaries tried to do in 1789, and we all know how that ended, is madness. But this is what the mob is doing. So going back to, I'm sorry, I'll stop my rant here. <laughs> going back to Jess Bailey and Phil Reeker and Kate Burns of Yale and Georgetown, um, I'd I'd love to. I I know that I already know the answer to my question, uh, but I you know I'd love to see them um, uh, repent of their sins. Which I'm being facetious because I don't believe that. Uh, but um, you know. Th- they're running around with Pride Month. Uh, at least Kate is right now lighting up the my embassy yeah. in the in the rainbow colors, and yet um, you know she's not going to uh, she's not going to talk about this. Is there now? I, I already know the answer to this question too. There's no defund the police movement in Macedonia.
1: <laughs> no. By the way, I, I googled uh, Jeff Goldstein. Yes, Yale University. <laughs> yes. So um, while, while you were renting, I googled. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, the, the seminal book on conservatism, uh, uh, God and Men at Yale," started. Yeah, yeah uh,
0: exactly. Yes. By
1: pointing out all the problems with uh, this particular faculty and uh, university, and uh, how it's going to destroy civilization at some point. And I, yeah, I guess we're we got to that point. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and again, for the record, in, in case some people might be confused, I am not advocating renaming Yale or Georgetown because of their past association with slavery. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just, you know. The, you know. Actually, this is something I've been thinking about a lot, and I'm going to switch subjects slightly. But, you know, I've read the entire Bible a couple times, and I read parts of the Bible every day. And one of the things that I love about Scripture, both the Old and the New Testament, is how God used both ordinary people— as well as real failed people to accomplish his purpose. You know, all of the patriarchs of the Jewish nation, starting with Abraham, uh, all had some sort of major problem. I mean, Abraham gave, uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah, uh, couldn't conceive. And so she said, here, sleep with my handmaiden, Hagar. And so Abraham did. And that's why we have now the the Arabs and the Israelis and the Jews mm-hmm. uh, and, and that, that that rivalry goes back to that. Uh, But every single major figure in the Bible uh, who was a leader and who did something great was also a failed human being and had major flaws. Not a failed human being, but a a, a human being with flaws. You know, as Immanuel Kant says, we're all part of the crooked timber of humanity. And so, yes, our history uh, of the United States, of the UK, of Macedonia, everywhere has, has got problems, but you don't just tear it all down which is what the mob yeah. wants to do. Anyway, sorry, second round. Yeah,
1: this is, sure, no, this is like a huge continuation of the colored revolution in Macedonia. Yes. Uh, the destruction of uh, erasing names, uh, erasing identity of nations, uh, starting all over again, uh, forgetting abolishing history, uh, trying to project contemporary values held by, you know, in some cases, just like a best portion of the Contemporary uh, citizenry onto past heroes, and you know some guys tried it here. Like there was a earnest historian uh, uh, who's quite sympathetic to the Bosnians, actually, who said, "Yeah, but uh, okay, but you know, uh, Muhammad was a slaver. Ottomans were a slaving feudal empire in the Balkans. Oh you know, obviously, yes. um, I have although white Christian have far more grievances than even a black." Not to mention a white Muslim from the region, uh, if we go back five hundred years. So he, but the guy says, well, there is no uh, monuments. You know, the Ottomans were not in the habit of building equestrian statues to them, sultans. But they did build something, and that something is uh, mosques, often on top of uh, uh, churches seized from the Christians and then turned into mosques. So, and, you know, they have the name of uh, so like the most biggest most. Uh, you know, the, bo- the most beautiful mosque on uh, European soil, I, I guess, uh, uh, is in uh, Edirne, Adrianople, uh, uh, the Sultan Selim mosque, Selimia. And, uh, you know, even by Turkish standards, <laughs> even in Turkey, people want to ban uh, Selim as brutal uh, toward, uh, <laughs> like, religious sects in the, within Islam. Uh, so, yeah, the guy said, well, you know, the are the former slaves of the Ottomans' right to tear down mosques. And, you know, speaking of Bosnia, a bunch of them did during the war there. Right. So, yeah, we're having a very interesting (laughs) discussion here. Just uh, like a bizarre, uh, much grander scale dispute of the Macedonian name issue, statue of Alexander. Does he deserve a statue? Should there be a plaque underneath it explaining his historical context? Except that here we are not... We were not trying to abolish history in full, mm-hmm. Macedonian conservatives and Greek ones. We were arguing over a uh, turf, or, over property. So we accept the principle that this is how you structure a state. You have a nation founding myth uh, which binds the people together, b- mm-hmm. people of a similar, you know, of the same uh, religion and uh, ethnicity and uh, uh, race, of course. And uh, you build a nation state as a stable unit. Uh, of some cohesion here uh, so we were uh, Greeks would not, would not demand that we tear down the statue on anarchist or you know anti-civilizational reasons they wanted this done uh, for uh, it's a turf war between two nation states but there were quite a few leftists on our side which were supported by the Greeks by the US embassy by uh, other uh, by regional nationalists who you know used them as useful idiots who would be sent out to claim? Well, why do we have a statue of a conqueror who did nothing good but kill ten tens of thousands of people in Tyre and uh, you know what? Have the Macedonian imperialists ever done for us? And some in the Greek side left is like the mayor of Solon, He would come. He's total lefty. He's a total colored revolutionary in Greek terms. But he would come to us and he would ask us to well, you know, this is. We have, this is the 21st century, why can't you surpass your nationalism? We had quite a few American professors milling around Skopje who would, you know, who were like... Uh, the linguists were the worst, like the Macedonian language scientists like uh, Victor Friedman and uh, what was another lady around him. So they would come and they studied Macedonian and they supported the Macedonian language, Victor, hero- heroically at one occasion. But um, then they would still be like an American post-national university leftists and the uh, products of their, the University of Chicago, which was also once a fine school, and, uh, who would come and tell us, well, the 21st century, you're uh, knuckle-dragging nationalists, uh, you know. <laughs> and this would obviously be used by Albanian and Greek knuckle-dragging nationalists against us useful right. useful. left. it's like just like in the U. S. You abandon your own history, your own heroes, your own nation founding myth. It. It's not going to be replaced by post national utopia, but just the identities of the uh, migrants you have now, or the you know uh, uh, first nation, uh, what you call them, Native Americans, or uh, the Latino identity, <clears throat> if they you know manage to uh skip this stage of uh talibanism in your country you know your american identity is going to be replaced by these competing balkanized identities it's not going to be like a strong post-national identity because that's never been done before exactly yeah
0: good i like that it wasn't quite a rant it was a rant but it wasn't you didn't yell enough like me
1: <laughs> well i had time to i hey, guess absorb on the, um, my anger
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I to ask you because on the statue there of the uh warrior on a horse uh there on the uh, mm-hmm. Plostad in Skopje. Uh I remember last summer I think the uh, government uh put up a little plaque at the bottom saying that this is mm-hmm. Hellenic history yada 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 crap. Uh is and that was taken down shortly after that. Has it ever been put back up? No, no. <laughs> 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 Good. Um yeah, Rod Dreher, who we uh, have talked about before mm-hmm. on this podcast, has a new book coming out this fall called Live Not by Lies, which is a reference, again, to Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Um, but he had an article this week in which he talks the, about the idea of memory and identity, and that's something that we've both talked about a lot. I've written about a lot. I'm going to write about it again. Um, and then we, the, staying on this theme, this past week, um, one of the um, – Bulgarian members of the uh, European Parliament. Um, I think his yeah. name is Angel Zambaski. Uh, Zambaski. Zambaski. Yeah, he said um, he uh, he basically went on his own rant um, against Macedonia, mm-hmm. basically saying that you, you know eventually, with enough patience, you're going to become and a few beatings, you all, you Macedonians will yeah. realize that you're just uh, Bulgarians, which is a continuing attack by the Republic of Bulgaria on the Republic of Macedonia. Uh, all part of the so-called quote-unquote friendship treaty that Zoran Zayev signed, uh, with Bulgaria two years ago. Um, mm. as I, I made a quote, or a quote, I made a, uh, or I tweeted on, um, uh, about this and, uh, basically said that this guy is, uh, he's frightened, he's afraid of Macedonia and the Macedonians, which is why he has gone off on this little rant of his, um.
1: Yeah, the Bulga- yeah. Bulgarians love this statement. It was by uh, Ljapčev, uh, Bulgarian prime minister, uh, I think after World War One, who was born in Macedonia. Uh, you know, that's one of their problems they're going to face, that uh, once we are in the same state, we end up usually running the state. So that's uh, <laughs> one of the issues Bulgarians have. Uh, and he said, So, krotko čot malko It's like how we get things done in politics here, with good, with patience, with... Uh, you know, give it a little time. Krotko is a nice Turkish word for take it easy, and then with a few select beatings here and there. But uh, it's really a noise. Macedonians when they use it. But again, like Ahmet's announcement that we are gonna have an Albanian prime minister after the elections. Uh, also, comments from Bulgarian uh, defense minister Karakachanov, who said, "Kadetiklo pak te where waters have flown, waters will flow again." which is, again, uh, you know, we were one country once, we're going to be one country again. And uh, this Jambaski, these are, you know, to me, these are understandable and reasonable and rational uh, nationalisms. And, you know, I want the same for my country, but we have a turf war with uh, Albania and uh, increasingly, unfortunately, Bulgaria, and obviously, Serbia and Greece. Um, And they're using the Macedonian colored revolutionaries uh, who have weakened Macedonian national identity by bringing Zaev uh, in charge of the country, uh, and uh, this obviously encourages rational nationalism on our on the side of our neighbors whereas and it's by the way completely eroding relations between Macedonians and Bulgarians at this point because we don't want this said to us, whereas Greevski's position was we have peace in the region. By equilibrium, we have a strong Macedonian national identity and uh, it will clash at times with the Bulgarian or the Greek or the Serbian or the Albanian national identity. But this is just used to uh, mark our territory and end this encroachment, uh, which is never going to end. Because if we don't uh, resist with something to the na- national, na- nationalism of our neighbors, we're going to get Bulgaria and Albania on a collision course over our heads while Greek fighter jets are flying over us. And uh, Serbia is partitioning Kosovo apparently in Lake. What's it like? It's it's in the less than less than a week after the elections. You know, Vucic is going straight to Moscow and then straight to a meeting uh, organized by uh, Bolton and while well, he was still in charge and uh, Grenell and Trump. Not, and, both, not both. <laughs> Well, 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 Bolton set it up. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, yeah in, initially. And uh, the whole process. And, you know, is there possibility that uh, a Balkan summit chaired by Trump could result in interesting outcomes? Yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh the outcome is obviously partitioning uh, Kosovo, to some extent, in ex- you know, giving territory to Serbia in exchange for Serbian recognition of what's left of Kosovo. And once they, are, they lose half of Mitrovica and possibly a major water reservoir and possibly even rights to the huge Trepčo mining complex, Kosovo Albanians are going to be angry. And there is conveniently a, what we would call a village without dogs, Sjelo Bezkucinia right next door, which is ripe for the picking in their mind. And as soon as this process with Kosovo is over, possibly under a very pro-Albanian administration of Joe Biden, uh, I mean, obviously, Kosovo is going to attack Macedonia. There is no, again, for the third time in uh, 20 years, and uh, there is no way around it.
0: Well, let's, yeah, that, so that um, White House uh, meeting that you just mentioned there is on the 27th, which is a week from yesterday, so it's Saturday the 27th, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see what comes out of that. I know that uh, Grinnell, uh, the, the, uh, I don't know if he's still ambassador to Germany or not. Um, I don't think so. I think he left. Yeah, but he's, um, I forgot what title he has now. But anyway, he's not a... Um, yeah, obviously he's not a, a career diplomat he's a uh he was a appointee um but he has been hinting strongly that if the uh, if if kosovo doesn't do what he would what the trump administration would like it to do then yep. it's time to wind down the troop presence at bondsteel um which has been mm-hmm. there since uh, two thousand i think yeah two thousand um so that that's yeah we'll we'll be certainly be talking about that next uh, next week um and monitoring that you know i don't know and you mentioned the the possibility of a biden administration yeah kind of touching briefly on the u.s elections here it does if the elections were held today biden would probably win um but the issue is not biden because biden is just a a empty vessel at this point he is a placeholder for whoever his vice president Mm -hmm. is we all know everybody knows the mainstream media knows the democrat party knows joe biden knows that he is non copos mentos um He is, uh, you know, mentally and physically, he's not up to the job of being president. And so that's why, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, whoever his vice president is, is going to be the more important pick, most important. Mm. It's going to be the most consequential vice presidential pick of our lifetimes, that's for
1: sure. Um, Yeah, but with the entire State Department supporting him and uh, the extensive Albanian links, the uh, Biden has had, there is obviously going to be... Uh, the deputy assistant secretary, of the the assistants. Uh, you know, they might even keep Ricker in this position. What what would be the at this point? What difference would it make? Uh, and by by the way, uh, Grenell he graduated in a small Christian university in Missouri. So oh. that's. Uh, but then he went to Harvard for his uh, masters. We'll uh, have so, to see what the, links
0: uh, Harvard has to slavery. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> in the jo- John Kennedy School of Government. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Canceled John Kennedy yet? Uh, John Kennedy, has he been canceled? Any statues of his Um, not,
0: destroyed? Not yet, but but they are going after, so the, um, the 1619 project, which if our viewers, mm-hmm. our viewers, our listeners haven't heard about, is a project in the <laughs> New York Times, which basically seeks to define America as having started in 1619, it didn't start in 1776, <laughs> And uh, the whole country has been based on racism since 1619, which is a bunch of bullshit. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, I know. This the the author, uh, the impetus of the 1619 project, uh, Hannah Nicole Jones, I think is her name, or Hannah Nicole Smith. Anyway, she is she's She is leading the charge now, which we won't get into now, to go after Lincoln. <laughs> so yeah yeah they they will the mob will go after lincoln of course going back to the issue of the mob you can never appease the mob that's rule number one so don't even never
1: apologize never yeah never break eye contact yeah you can stick and uh uh, what was it like uh uh it was something like definition of diplomacy sweet talking the dog while while with your right arm your uh Feeling for a stick. stick exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> hit it on the head. Yeah. But, but,
0: but, but going back to a, a Biden or whoever's vice president of his administration, I, just, I did read an article before we got on the phone here. Uh, Elliot Engel, who is the chairman of the uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee, or is it Foreign mm-hmm. Relations? I can't remember. Um, but probably the biggest supporter of all issues Albanian in the United States House, uh, mm-hmm. is facing a very tough primary race in New York. Uh, yeah. And he's, oh, been yeah. in, he's been in office for 31 years, longest-serving member of Congress in the New York yeah. delegation. Uh, the primary is on Tuesday, I believe, so that'll be another thing mm. to talk about next week and see if, if he loses. I mean, remember AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, surprised mm. everybody by defeating a major, mm. long-term-serving uh, senior leader Democrat in uh, 2018. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens to Engels. Anyway.
1: Yeah, Engel made uh, some statement like he was meeting some Black Lives Matter guys, and he said, "I would even talk to this rabble if I have the primary coming up." And he was caught on hot mic, and this was the, <laughs> this was. But I mean, there are so many of them. I even you know, on both sides, right. to the extent that you know, some of the worst damage on Macedonia in two thousand one was actually done by uh, an assistant, a person in the office of. Uh, Mitch McConnell, so... All right. And just, yeah, the Albanian, uh, uh, you know, nationalism project came at such a moment, I guess, in the U.S. Uh, and it, I suppose it was uh, the intelligence agencies pushing it and uh, with a lot of money. So it's so bipartisan that, you know, the way things are going, they're going to have their way with us and uh, then they're going to overreach at some point and then there's going to be... A backlash because they, they can't stop the way things are going and uh, right. I'm just guessing that you know they're gonna have some form of greater Albania relatively soon and then there's gonna be a backlash once everybody around realizes what they've created, including by partitioning uh, Macedonia. Like Kipling said, like uh, um, uh, watch who comes from for the broken bones before you lay a feast if you, mm. you can kill me, but mm. then be careful of, uh, what, uh, animals will come for, for my bones. Uh, so this is something that's going to happen to, uh, to us here. I mean, the Greeks, they're going to have their wish, the way things are going, partitioning Macedonia, and then realizing the neighbor, a huge greater Albania with designs on their own territory and possibly a greater Bulgaria. And uh, after a decade of, fighting over what's left of macedonia so this is the outcome we're hurtling toward at this point
0: yes well there's there, there yeah there's there's going to be some major backlashes going on in macedonia in the united states the uk everywhere where the mob is mm. is uh is attacking um, you mentioned kipling there my favorite i'm not much into poetry i've got a, a couple of favorite poems mm. uh, including um, Yeats, uh, uh, the Second Coming, but my favorite mm. Kipling poem is uh, "If," which I think is mm. appropriate for today, this this age, this time that we live in, because it, it it starts out, "If you can keep your head, when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting." We're being lied about. Don't deal in lies. We're being hated. Don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. And it just goes through that, and it says, uh, you know, if you can keep your head on all about you. And the, the last line is, if you can do that, then you'll be a man, my son. Uh, which is it's uh, it's it's a it's a powerful piece of, uh, of verse, I think, and uh, appropriate for um, for our day and age when. Uh, the world seems to be overrun by the mob and madness.
1: Yeah, but the mob is not going to listen to uh, old, uh, old dead, dead white man, British <laughs> white male, <laughs> colonialist,
0: imperialist, <laughs> the official no, point of No, that, that, that's true, but but for us who have more or less course, level yes. heads, uh, I think mm. I think this is more appropriate for, for those of us who. Who uh, are conservatives? Who believe in the importance of the past and memory, uh, the nation-state sovereignty, limited government—you uh, know—all of the things that make us uh, conservatives and and have built up that have allowed us to to you know enjoy the fruits of democracy and capitalism, uh, which the mob mm-hmm. wants to tear down. So that's yeah. if is important for. People like us, so,
1: and maybe that's the right
0: way to end this uh, this podcast this week.
1: Yeah, enough poetry from us.
0: <laughs> right. All <laughs> right. Good talking, Esfand.
1: Ah, you too, buddy. Take care. Watch out for all the fires out Indeed. there. Indeed. Thanks. Take care.